I'm Channing, and this is the Faithful Feminists Podcast. And I'm Elise, and this is our Thursday episode for our Holy Week series titled Whom Seekest Thou? Restorative Easter Reflections. Easter is often a time when we look back on the experiences of Jesus during Holy Week, but if we root our worship readings in our time, we rediscover the radical roots of Easter. Join us each day of Holy Week as we share poems and sermons exploring how Holy Week calls us to restore reverence for marginalized communities engaged in the holy work of righteous unrest. We will also be donating and encouraging donations for different organizations and collectives each day. So today for Holy Thursday, Channing will be sharing her poem, Serving the Last Supper from a Church Kitchen. Serving the Last Supper from a Church Kitchen Anyone who has tried to serve a fancy dinner in a cultural hall knows that something will probably go wrong in the church kitchen, where the ovens aren't allowed to cook food but only keep it warm. My favorite memories of serving meals from a church kitchen are never of the food. Since when was church kitchen food what people prayed to eat on their birthday? But lasting friendships have been forged over the laughable lack of soap and knives and bowls and forks and not enough room in the fridge. I have seen miracles happen in church kitchens. Scissors turned to knives, toothpicks to skewers, Ziploc bags to piping bags, and more than once, shirts used like my grandmother's old apron to dry hands and fruit. Women make beauty from nothing all the time, but the church kitchen has front row seats to the magic. Do you need beautiful cheesecakes for 250 young women? Ask the church kitchen witches. How about a pancake breakfast for the primary? Ask the church kitchen witches. I've even seen them do it when the budget demands that they make it happen for basically free. Can you imagine if the Last Supper was served from a church kitchen? Jesus would have eaten rolls from the grocery store and potluck soup. Church kitchen witches are especially talented at making good out of good enough. Jesus probably learned it from them. Loaves and fishes? Good enough. Twelve misguided disciples? Good enough. Son of God or just a prophet? Whatever. Good enough. The church building curfew is 10 p.m., Floors are vacuumed and the lights are out. The Holy Ghost goes to bed at midnight, and Jesus probably knew that. That's why he asked Peter to stay awake as they walked to the garden. Meanwhile, the church kitchen witches were just getting home when they heard the news from Mary. So they made their way to Martha's, bringing candles and spices, cloth and needles. They had all heard what Jesus said without saying. The candles stayed bright through the night, though the flame wavered every once in a while. All the while, needles whispered threads of faded hymn song into the cloth. Tomorrow, one said. Together, they agreed. And Jesus wept, for the vigil kept through the witching hour. Bread and water, blood and bone, body and spirit upon the stone. See him in the trees atone. May the love of God be known.
Today we're featuring the Safe Harbor Crisis Center, which is a nonprofit organization in Davis County, Utah, that provides shelter, supportive services, and advocacy to survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. Safe Harbor Crisis Center also provides education, awareness, and resources to the community. Visit their website to donate at www.safeharborhope.com. Thank you so much for joining us for our Holy Thursday episode. We hope you'll join us tomorrow for another fantastic piece.